This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 13th, 2015. More than a Christmas story, outrageous love. So you know, there are all kinds of Christmas stories. Uh, we see this time of year, some are religious, some not religious at all, some based on fact, some are pure fiction. Some, some stories have been handed down generation to generation. Some have come to us the last couple years. The thing that's important to remember, especially when it comes to this story of Christmas, the true story, the authentic story, the, the real story of Christmas is that it's so much more than just another Christmas story. It's actually a story of outrageous love. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today, a day that you've made, a beautiful day. Help us not miss it. Help us not miss the beauty and the glory of what you have in store for us today. Slow us down. And God, um, thank you that each person is here. As we take a look at your scripture, more than a Christmas story, mm. but a story of outrageous love, we pray this in your name. And everybody gathered said, amen. amen. Okay, so let me see, who here has a favorite Christmas movie? See, Barry's hand went up first. You know why, Barry? What is it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Any, uh, huh? <laughs> He'll be okay. Any others? Okay, Elf. Shout him out. Elf. Okay. A Christmas story. Grinch. White Christmas. What was that? Uh, I didn't hear it. Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard at Christmas. <laughs> Hmm, wow, a lot of different Christmas. You know, the one I didn't hear was, was one I really enjoy, and it's called Family Man. Has anybody, anybody seen that? Has heard of that? Has one other person seen Family Man? Just a couple. I love that movie because it's kind of a takeoff on the Dickens Christmas uh, Carol idea. It's a story of, uh, of a high-powered uh, bachelor living in New York, living and working in New York City, played by Nicolas Cage, who, who goes to bed one Christmas Eve only to wake up Christmas morning married to his college sweetheart and the father of two kids. <laughs> it's kind of a takeoff, as I said, on the Dickens Christmas uh, Carol. Uh, it's the guy who thought he had it all, money, power, position, and his share of one-night amorous encounters. And he comes to realize that he has totally missed the mark and that he finds true happiness, true love, outrageous love, right there in suburbia in the arms of the woman he walked away from so many years before. It's actually a story that we can relate to because it deals with a subject that is universal. It's the subject that, and the truth that we want to know that we're important to someone, that somebody cares, that somebody loves us. 
So do you remember as kids, when you were in elementary school, you would write a little note on a piece of paper, do you like me? Check yes or no. And then you'd pass it. I thought that was high school. High school. <laughs> but you just sent me one yesterday. That's right. That's right. Still waiting for the answer. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Enough of us. Yeah. You know, God created us to be an authentic, intimate relationship, not just with God, but with one another. That's how we're created. We're not created to be lone rangers. It is a basic need to be in relationship. Babies who are held, studies share, that they thrive more. Studies also show that when we are in good relationship, our life is extended, we live longer, we experience more joy. And so this desire, this need, this intimacy in a relationship is great. It is so, I'm not saying, yay, great, but it, the need is great. It's so great that at times we're willing to make compromises. We're willing to compromise our beliefs, our values, our morals, even the way we're treated because of this need to be loved and cared for. Mm. And then sooner or later, most, if not all of us, experience rejection in one form or another. Some take it in stride or at least appear to, but many, perhaps most, of us are affected to the point uh, of putting up emotional walls in order to protect ourselves, to keep from getting hurt again. And, you know, and Satan loves it when we do this because, because it's hard for us to have these intimate relationships when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. It's kind of a catch-22 we're in there. And if we're not careful, we might even start believing that there's something about us that makes us not worthy of someone wanting to be with us, someone liking us, someone even loving us. And if we're not careful, we carry that thought process over into how God views us. There's a pastor and an author, his name is Mike Slaughter, he's pastor at Kingdomsburg Church, and he writes this in his book, Christmas is Not Your Birthday. <laughs> yeah. Most, by the way, that's what we're preaching about next week. I hope you'll come back. And this whole series is kind of inspired by yeah. that, what he says there. Most of us have no problem believing in God, but struggle being secure in God's belief in us. Do you ever think, how can God believe in me? How could God ever possibly desire me? I think if we're honest, all of us have thought that at one time or another. Most of us become pretty adept at hiding our imperfections and deficiencies from others while being fully aware that we can't hide them from God. And so Slaughter goes on to point out that our response is similar to that of Adam and Eve after they've fallen from grace in the Garden of Eden. Um, you know, like they did, we try to run and hide from God, putting up emotional, relational barriers while God, who truly desires an intimate relationship with us, who really loves us, each and every one of us, Contrary to our belief, searches for us and calls out to us by name, as he did with Adam and Eve. It's, it's a game of hide and seek. We hide, 
and God seeks. So we're going to give you the premise of this whole message right now so that you can Wait a minute, they might leave now. begin to think about this as we expand it. Here we go. Christmas is the ultimate expression of God's pursuit for your life. Christmas is the ultimate expression of God's love for you. That's because God came in the flesh, face to face, person to person, to share how much he loves us. In the person of Jesus Christ, that humanity, that's you and me, is pursued, and we see unfolding a love that is so outrageous, so incredible that it borders on scandalous. Scandalous, scandalous because unlike human love that we experience, this love of God is completely unconditional. We can do nothing to receive it. God just gives it, dumps it. We don't deserve it. We get it not because we've earned it, but just because God loves us. Not because we're worthy, but simply because God designed you and desired you and wants to be in relationship with you. God loves you no matter what. A love that's big enough and deep enough and broad enough. And we see it in the expression of a baby in a manger at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. Scandalous love. It's not the first time God's love has bordered on the scandalous. Throughout the Old Testament, God remained faithful to the Hebrew people, even though they frequently turned their backs on God, frequently clung to other gods even, frequently were unfaithful to say the least. Last week we looked at two prophets, uh, Isaiah and Micah from about the 8th century, uh, another prophet from roughly speaking that, that time frame was a guy named Hosea. Now Hosea is an interesting prophet because God told Hosea to marry an unfaithful prostitute and have children with her. How would you like that directive from God? And Hosea followed God's uh, direction and married a woman named Gomer. I always thought that was a strange name for someone from the Middle East as opposed to someone from uh, Mayberry RFD. But anyway, <laughs> so he married Gomer. And they did, in fact, have children, although chances were good they weren't even his. As again, she was a prostitute. When Gomer would go off on long periods for long periods of time, who knows where, but he had a pretty good idea. Uh, Hosea would welcome her home on her return. Hosea's relationship with his wife is a living, breathing metaphor of God's relationship with the Hebrew people. God told Hosea to love Gomer unconditionally as God loved Israel, even though Gomer unfaithfully loved others, even though Israel often unfaithfully turned to other gods. And through this, God showed in no uncertain terms God's faithfulness to Israel, regardless of Israel's lack of faithfulness in return. God showed outrageous, scandalous love for the people of Israel. 
And here's the thing, God shows that same love for us, for you and me. Even though all too often, <laughs> we're no more faithful than the Old Testament Hebrews. The absolute unconditional love that God has for us, God's people, how outrageous is that? So this outrageous love of God is the same love that comes to us at Christmas. The same love that God delivered in the manger, in the person of Jesus Christ, through his servant Mary and his servant Joseph, both who demonstrated outrageous love themselves, love that bordered on the scandalous. Start with Mary, 13, maybe 14. That was the age back then that you got engaged, that you got married. Angel visits her and says, greetings, you who are highly favored. By the way, if you ever get that, be on the lookout. Phew, <laughs> it's coming. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. So the angel goes on to tell her not to be afraid. That was a good thing. <laughs> and that she has found favor with God, that she will be with child, that she will give birth to a son and will give him the name Jesus. And will be called, Jesus will be called the Son of the Most High. I think the angel probably had Mary right there at the beginning, you will be with child. Because Mary asks, how will this be as I am a virgin? You know, it doesn't make sense. She knows what it takes to have a kid. It's, it's not connecting. More though than that, though, it's a really powerful question. See, Mary's engaged to Joseph. If she's pregnant and he's not the daddy, she's in a heap of trouble. I mean, a heap of trouble. Whole different culture than we have here today. Whole different understanding. She can be punished for this, severely punished. She can be stoned to death if she's pregnant by uh, someone else when she's engaged to, in this case, Joseph. Hmm. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And so this child she will be carrying will be from the Holy Spirit, fathered by God. What happens when she tells her parents this deal? And just picture that one. Mom, Dad, I, I'm pregnant, but you don't have to worry. It's from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what do you think they'd say? What would you say if it was your daughter? What about the rest of town? Even if they don't stone her to death, again, it's a whole different culture than we're in. Imagine the ridicule, the looks, the whisperings, the underlying chatter anytime Mary's in the vicinity. You know, it's one thing uh, for her to faithfully accept this and live with it, but, but the position it puts her in, this challenging position is, well, it's really something to say the least. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So we can see when 
She was told, fear not. She didn't seem to have any fear because without hesitation, once she understands the situation, Mary demonstrates complete faith in the Lord. Her love goes beyond comprehension. I believe my own comprehension. I don't know about you, but oh my goodness. And she takes what would be a very scandalous situation and instead uses it to express her outrageous love for the Lord. So let's look at Joseph. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So we're not given some of the details here. We're not told how Joseph learned about the pregnancy, but can you imagine the conversation when he did? Can you imagine what that sounded like to him? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Mary, uh-huh. Well, apparently at this point, Joseph doesn't buy the whole deal about the Holy Spirit being the father of the baby and decides to end the engagement. But scripture tells us that he was a good man. So he made the decision to do this quietly. He did not want to publicly humiliate Mary, the one who he had been pledged to. Now, that is a level of love. That is a level of love that we would call outrageous, that is rarely seen. As he considered this situation, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God saves, by the way. So as Mary had trusted the Lord, we see that Joseph trusts the Lord as well. In spite of the challenges, Joseph stayed strong as he followed God's instruction and direction. Again, in response to what may appear to many a scandalous situation, Joseph expresses a nearly scandalous love, not only for Mary, but for the Lord, as he becomes obedient to the Lord. And so God shares God's outrageous love through Mary and Joseph. Hmm. You know, that's not unusual. God, God often uses people. In that case, Mary and Joseph, or maybe it's you and me. Often uses us to express his outrageous love to others. Check this out.
So, so here's how it works. Dogs, husband. <laughs> Esther, has Bill seen that video? <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, that's precious. Thank you, Esther. Well, this level of love, this crazy love, outrageous love, love that borders on scandalous because it's so far beyond what we're used to, what we expect. That's exactly the love that God has for each one of us, each one of you. And the story of God coming to earth as a baby in a manger is the ultimate expression of the outrageous love of God expressed through another, in this case, Jesus Christ. It's more than just another Christmas story. It is so big. In fact, this that we share, the scripture that we share, is the greatest love story of all time. Mm. And that's because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world 
through him. I'd like you to say that with me, but instead of these general things, world and stuff, I want you to put your name in the blank. Put your name in the blank. Let's go. For God so loved Alan that he gave his one and only son that when Alan believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn Alan, but to save Alan through him. Wow. So there are two things that we would like for you to leave with this morning, two takeaways. First, know this. Christmas is God's ultimate expression of his outrageous love for each one of us. It's like we send God this, this note. Dear God, do you love me? Check yes or no. God uses a baby in the manger to answer that love, that note that we pass to God, that we say to God with a resounding yes. Yes, I do love you. Enough to send my very best, Jesus Christ, my son. And you know the rest of that story. And God loves enough to do that. Second, God wants us, you and me, to let the people of the world know just how outrageous God's love for us is. God wants us to be his, his representatives, his ambassadors, his agents to the world, that through what we do and what we say, others will come to know God's outrageous love for themselves. In other words, God's plan is that people will see God's outrageous love through our outrageous love. We're to be a reflection of the love that came down at Christmas. Amen? That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Holy God, uh, wow, hard to believe that you can love us that much, as unlovable as we can be sometimes, but you do. In the ultimate expression, we celebrate this time of the year, your son, Jesus Christ. Please help us to be your hands and feet in the world. Please help us to, uh, to allow you to express through us this outrageous love that others would see it by what we say and what we do. Please help us to be, to be loving outrageously as you are. It's in Christ and in your Holy Spirit we pray. Everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connections Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church.